You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Before we kick off today, I would just like to invite you to check out another podcast for anyone wanting to grow their agency. It's called Freelance to Founder, and it features coaching calls with freelancers and founders who have hit roadblocks and need help to get to the next level. They'd cover all types of stuff, including charging what you're worth, becoming a CEO, bottlenecking in your business, uh, making the best hires, and a whole bunch more. I really like the format of their show. If you would like to check it out, there are new episodes every Thursday, and you can visit freelance2founder, that's tofounder.com, or just search freelance to founder in your favorite podcast player. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 107 with Kimberly LaPerry from Valet.io. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, James. This is a, a fun topic for me because, well, it could be fun. It could be super boring, but I'm sure, given our, our chats so far, that you are going to make this super interesting for me. It's a topic that is very close to my heart because I hate meetings so much, and we are going to talk about actually having productive team meetings. I find that like when we're having meetings, it's always like, oh yeah, this will be a quick one. And the next minute it's like an hour and a half. And I'm like, God, I'm so bored. So <laughs> I would like <Yes. laughs> to learn how to have more productive team meetings. So let's start though. Just introduce uh, yourself and valet.io and, and what you guys do. Okay, well, I am Kimberly LaPerry. I am the CEO of LA.io, and we are a WordPress support management and development agency. So we act as a professional service for businesses and large organizations who run websites on WordPress. There you go. That was succinct. Well done. Practice. Elevator pitch. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> practice, bit. right? Did you read that off the screen? No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I think <laughs> I need yeah, it'd be that. cheating. I need like a sheet behind my computer that says this because I swear I describe content snare differently every single time. It is a, it's it. a hard product to describe though because there's so many different industries. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We'll work uh, on your elevator pitch next episode. That's our yeah, next right. We, we, <laughs> we can workshop it and then I'll print it out and whack it on the wall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. So um, can we have a little bit of a background as well on like, your agency and I guess how you've ended up as like a working on your team meetings, like what made you want to make them better and and more productive and and how you worked on that. Well, um, they were awful. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We needed better ones. They were awful. Uh, We got to a point uh, originally whenever Valet first started, there were two of us. And then there were three and then there were four. And at one point we actually brought in an entire design group to work within our team Uh, and trying to figure out all the different communication styles, the different communication processes amongst the different workflow silos. It was incredibly hard and our meetings tended to be very long and drawn out. They didn't result in a whole lot of action items. Uh, and a lot of people left either angry or sad or crying or, 
um, just wow. <laughs> generally feeling tension and, uh, and it was just, it was an awful experience. So we had to try and figure something out because, um, bringing, uh, we doubled our size over, mm. um, overnight essentially and bringing all of those humans together who are used to doing their own thing already, um, into one cohesive unit was very difficult. Wow. So was this a kind of meeting where the entire team was just there? But well, we operate in, I guess, what you would kind of call pods. So oftentimes there would be quite a few people in certain meetings because uh, you would need design and development and you know, ongoing support mm. CSM present, right? So yeah, sometimes these meetings had just about everybody on the team there. So what do they look like now? Like how have they changed? Well, we no longer um, have the design group. So our, our meetings are smaller, um, but within that, uh, we have restructured our organization and our meetings to reflect how we work. So, um, for example, we have a customer success team and we have a development team. And instead of having all of the people who do um, all of the cross-connecting work, we have one representative from each group attend the other meeting and bring any ideas or questions or updates that need to be brought back and forth so that we minimize everybody's time. Um, within mm. Well, that's, yeah, that's great. Cause I remember, um, you know, back when I was an engineer, we would have a, a, like a weekly meeting and there would be 40 people, you know, 30 people in one room. And I'm thinking like, these guys have a charge out rate of like 150 to 200 bucks an hour. Yes. We just ran over by half an hour. Like we just wasted, like, I don't know. I'm not going to do the maths right now, but just the amount of no, money I, that's getting burns per minute in that room. I hear you. I used to be a drafting engineer. And right. so I, it was kind of the same thing. Every, oh, everyone from, you know, hydrology and, and engineering come sit down here. And mm. I'm looking around at 15 faces going, man, that's a lot of billable hours. Yeah, right. Uh, so, so to have that, like just that one idea where you just bring one person who takes notes and, and relays them to the, the rest of that particular team is, is a great idea. Is like, have you turned that into a process? Like how does that person learn to take effective notes and, and communicate them with the rest of the team? So a lot of that kind of goes back to the format that we actually adopted for the meeting itself. Uh, one of the things that we looked into whenever we had such a large team and we had a hard time communicating uh, was a different sort of organizational style because the team that we were working with was kind of, a, uh, it was an extension of our team, but we didn't actually bring everybody in house and you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a temporary thing, but um we had a hard time communicating. So we started looking at organizational styles that w were a little more um, uh, uh, role friendly instead of people oriented. Right. So this is your job. This is your responsibility. It's less about you, James. This is more about your job as an engineer and what your accountabilities are. So we looked at holacracy and we really loved the structure and premise of that. Um, it's something that not a lot of people adopt. I think Zappos is one of the big names that people might recognize um, that, that uses it. What did uh, you so call it? Sorry. Holacracy. Holacracy. Yes. H-O-L-O-C-R-A-C-Y. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I, I might uh, do a bit of research on that after the show and drop in some resources. If anyone's in interested at agencyhighway.com slash one zero seven. It's fascinating. And we really enjoyed the way that it took people out of the equation and put their, um, their jobs, uh, in front and center. So I, this is my role as a human. I am an, I'm a maintenance person. So, so that's what, that's what holacracy means. It's the role based. 
Thing. It's role, not soul, I think is the term that they use. Right. So it gives you some, some room to say, um, you know, I'm more, I'm more concerned about what your output is and what's your accountability and what's your realm of domain, right? Giving you autonomy and, and freedom to do your job any way that you like. So there's an exchange there where you, um, you have to give up a lot in order to, to get that sense of accountability from everybody as well. Right. So, so, so you're measuring that, like, is the output then, I guess, how you know they're doing their job, like, and, and you don't care about the, like, you're giving them autonomy within that as long as they get these results sort of thing. Yes, you have a domain, you have accountabilities, and whatever you need to do to get that done, that's how you do your job. Yeah, nice. I love that. It's like the whole, you know, I, I attended a talk in Bangkok at an event last year, and um, he talked about how everyone, it was by Tim Conley, actually, and he talked about how mm-hmm. most people just hire, try to hire essentially monkeys, you know, like here's the process you need to follow, uh, you know, and that's not good. Like there aren't many people that enjoy that kind of work, right? Just following no. processes, treating no, people but like that's robots. the that's the norm now though, right? Mm. Is that's how you scale is let's take your process, you know, make it as simple as possible, automate as much as possible and then hand it off to somebody else so that it's Mm. repeatable. And that's, that's kind of the jargon nowadays that's used in business. Yeah. I I use like processes as like a, you know, this is everything I've done to do it. Like you don't need to do it this way and it is more flexible than this. It's just like, if you've never done it before, this is a reference on how to do it kind of thing. Right. That, that's kind of what my, cause we, they're definitely not like you must tick off every box um, <laughs> to, yes. to count this as done. Um, there right. are like, you know, the end goal, right? Like if we're putting up a guest post or sorry, putting up a blog post, it might be like, make sure the slugs done, make, like, make sure the categories are selected. There might be some simple stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, within that, I don't really care how they, how they get it. Well, but that's the difference between a process and a, and a role to accomplish, you know, certain uh, larger end goals. Absolutely. So how is this then, like, how does that change the meetings, this holacracy? So they have a very specific meeting format. Uh, We've loosely adopted a lot of these things in different ways, but we stuck with the bare bones of the holacracy meeting structure. And um, there are very specific portions of the meeting, uh, which is uh, you have a check-in round and then you check, um, you have metrics that you can check on. So everybody gets a moment to say, this is where I'm at. Standing here, I'm kind of thirsty, but you know, I'm checking in. And then you move on. How do you just, just quickly before we move on, how, how do you keep people in their time limit? Cause I know like if you let people talk, like this happened in my engineering days, like some people would check in for like 10 minutes and you're like, shut up, dude. There's actually a person whose job it is to say, shut up. Oh, so yeah. You have a facilitator who's like, okay, we're going to keep things on track, right? You're driving the meeting and you say, okay, quick check in two sentences, how you doing, how you feeling, where you at. And then you kind of, you know, everybody kind of rattles off. So Quickly, you get everybody to acknowledge where they are, but also focus at the same time onto whatever the objectives are. And uh, the next portion is metrics and checklists. So you actually go through all the important bits of information that are relevant to the meeting, um, numbers, sales numbers, projects that are, you know, a progress is a whole other section. So you go through all of those things and you get updates. You say yes or no. And if any of those things warrant action items, then you lock those. Mm-hmm. The very end, there's this section called tensions. And this is probably the thing that I love the most about holacracy meetings is that throughout the week or day or however often you have your meeting, the time in between you can log tensions, which is something that you're not quite sure of. 
it might be a roadblock for you or it's causing some stress in your work and getting your, your accomplishments done in a, in a, a good way or you have a mm-hmm. question and you bring that to the meeting and we say, okay, this is your tension. What is your tension about? And so they'll describe whatever they're experiencing and they can get some feedback or we talk about it and then we make a decision. The criteria for the discussion and the reaction, uh, it's very formal in Holacracy. Again, we've adopted it loosely, um, but the criteria is, is the outcome of this decision going to hurt anybody else doing their job? Is it going to interrupt their flow? Is it become a roadblock for them? Then if not, that's it. You don't have anything else to do with it. You let it go. We can't, we're not going to sit down and digest our feelings about it. If you have a tension that really affects your work, bring it up. Um, and so from there, we're able to process things a lot easier without having very large discussions about how do you feel about this? And <laughs> so right. we stay work oriented. So that middle section then, like, with the, the metrics. So, so just a quick o- overview of those sections again, again, it was yeah. check-in and then metrics, check in, yep. metrics, checklist, projects, tensions. Right. So I guess like checklists and projects are the, is that the meat? Like is that where um, most of the time happens or tensions? No, tensions are, are usually where the most or projects, depending on how many we have going on concurrently yeah. that we have to run through. Uh, metrics are, they're super quick. Uh, they're numbers, they're measurements mm-hmm. and they either are on track or they're not. And right. if they're not on track, that makes a tension that you have to address. Right. Um, checklists are Boolean. They're yes or no. Is this done or is it not? Oh, That's so it. this is like the action list from last meeting or like what, what well, is checklist? For, well, so for example, we have, um, one of our, one of our meeting groups for, for client success, will have metrics on maybe response times, um, or how many tickets we've logged this in the, in the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for checklists, it'll be, okay, did we get through all of our, our updates, right? If we had anything scheduled, is that, are those done because we're supposed to do them weekly? Is it done? Yes or no. Right. If it's not done, then we need to address it in attention to make sure that work does get done. So, so everything res- relates back to that process. Who's responsible for coming out with the checklist then? So you have the leader of the group. So Holacracy calls them circles. Okay. And every circle has, um, has a lead. So basically you have one person whose responsibility it is to make sure that uh, they, de- they are meeting um, the goals of that team. What's the, what's the general goal of my team? If I'm mm-hmm. doing client success, it's to make sure that clients are happy and that we're delivering things on time and we get the reports going out and we're answering support tickets. Um, so I, I run... I run this, um, this checklist or this metrics. So this, it's an always ever fluid sheet of what's important to us. What should we be measuring? And we've changed ours. I mean, we'll change them probably once every quarter at least, you know, or refine right. it. And we'll say, why are we even tracking this anymore? Is this even relevant? And so right. it allows you to kind of stay on top of what's really important to that business model so that you're constantly pumping in positive action and nice. not getting stuck in stasis. So like what... Like with the checklists and the metrics then, like what does that end up leading into discussions about like why things weren't hit or is that that's the comes in later to the tensions? I'm just trying to work out like, yeah, what's the point of saying all the metrics and that if they're not discussed, like how does that work? Yeah. So that's exactly what happens. So if say if we have a metric of a one hour response time and uh, we see that that response time is falling outside of an hour, uh, then we create a tension at the very end of the meeting. We say, okay, what happened? Uh, 
So it's a quick postmortem. It's a quick um, identification of the issues to see if, is it an anomaly? Do we have a bigger problem that we need to solve? So gotcha. if things aren't on track, it triggers an action item for discussion that's very relevant. It's not like, yeah. I feel like things are slow. I feel like somebody's not doing their job. Right. So, so the, checklist and metrics, uh, the checklist and metrics are basically informing the, like whatever wasn't done, basically, or whatever what metrics weren't hit inform kind of the rest of the meeting. Yeah, and they're and they're basically. I mean, that's what drives your business model, right? To make right. sure that the the collections of people that are supposed to be making these decisions and hitting these goals, if they're not, mm. you have actionable, real time things to say. You don't get to say, "I kind of don't know how I feel about." You don't. Mm. If if I give you an accountability, then you know, and it's clear, yeah. and then you know you have to meet it. And if you're not, then we have attention. We have to talk about it. Yeah, right. So there was another section there. You said projects. Isn't projects. That- yeah, mm-hmm. what, what happens in that? Is it so that that happens between checklists and uh, and uh, attentions, right? So, yes. So You're what's for that? Study. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, so, I'm, I haven't. I should have been <laughs> writing this down. I was like, very. I'm going to run out of mental capacity soon if I don't write this down. I'll send you some <laughs> screenshots of of yeah <laughs> of how it's all set up. Um, because we we actually use a little software called Ola Spirit to to help us keep track of everything. All right. Cool. Um. But the projects are singular end goal um, collective journeys that we're on. So maybe we want to update our newsletter format and um, email lists, right? So that's a, it has a bunch of different steps. We involve a bunch of different people, but it's important that everybody knows what the progress is on that. So we report on it at the correct meeting so we can engage other people as we need to. And then when it's done, it's like a Kanban board. You can, you, you know, kind of set them up however you need to and what their progress is. And then when it's done, you stick it off in the done category and then you have a log of all the stuff right. that you've accomplished. Right. So that's kind of just running through all the current relevant projects for that circle. And then yeah, internal, yeah. Internal yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, these are so, all internal things. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. And, and so then I guess the leader is coming with a pretty like set list of things that they have to prepare before the meeting. Like I'm kind of visualizing this as they're coming with like a list of metrics and what the numbers were, like whether they were hit or not, the, the checklist, like the you know typical checklist every week or whatever it is. And then a list of their current projects and where they're at. Is that kind of the, the preparation that they're coming with? Um, in some cases, uh, a lot of the checklist items actually relate to specific roles within the circle. So Mm -hmm. if I'm having a client success meeting, for example, and we get to the point where it says updates, check or no check, I'm going to go and look at my updater role. I'm not going to look at the circle lead. It's not the circle leads job to make sure that those are done. So this gives everybody a check-in point and you don't have to sit down and collect a whole bunch of metrics every time, all the time. So these are all directly related to specific roles within the circle and that person reports on their on their metrics. Oh, okay. So everyone, so some people might have they bring metrics to the meeting, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So everyone is just trying to get a handle on the preparation, like what the process is for everyone to prepare for this meeting and how long. The idea take. is that it should be minimal prepare, preparedness, right? Minimal mm-hmm. preparation. You shouldn't have to spin up a whole bunch of stuff if everything's already outlined. You know what you're targeting, mm-hmm. and you should already have an easy way to find it course that's my preference right i'm one i'm a i'm an operations yeah. person so for me you need to know how to find it quickly so there's usually a google doc link or something that's already kind of set up as a filter for us to quickly find things mm. um we don't set a metric unless we know how we're gonna figure it out and track it and usually yeah, it's not that's, incredibly complicated 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking there. It's like if if it's a KPI, like if it's if something you're going to track, then you probably need a way to get that quickly. Yeah, my KPIs are a little bit more extensive because they do uh, cross all the circles, right? And all the mm. business stuff that happens. But within one small section, a subset of work within the company, you're not going to have anything too incredibly complicated. What kind of tools do you use to like track those metrics? I'm just uh, curious on this because I actually started playing around with Google Data Studio yesterday because someone wanted to know um, how much traffic that they were driving to a landing page of ours. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess they could have clacked, uh, tracked clicks, but, you know, I was like, surely you can do this Google Data Studio. And I ripped up like a little quick report where they could set the date range and I give them like all the hits, like a little graph and the raw number of hits over that date range. And I was like, wow, that was really easy. So now I'm thinking about like setting up metrics for meetings in like Google Data Studio. So you just pull it up before the meeting and like, boom, there it all is. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, we don't have... Um our lead developer loves Google Data Studio. Data Studio. Oh, I can get that out of my mouth. Our lead developer loves Google Data Studio. Um, but for our metrics, a lot of them are just things that are brought from our internal tools already. So yeah. our ticketing system, um, you know, our internal uh, practices where we could keep all of our logging and stuff about the clients, and we just, you know, we'll say, hey, there were thirty-five of these. There was nine of those. This took an hour, kind of thing. So nothing that we really log on a dashboard. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So. What then happens? Like what if someone is responsible for bringing that response time to the meeting and they don't, do they get like a slap over the wrist? (laughs) We'll sit and wait for you awkwardly to go and get it. Right. Nice. That's, that's the, that's our adoption policy. Pregnant pause. We will wait for you to fulfill your accountability. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and we'll all look at you awkwardly and like put the pressure on so that next time you remember this and don't, you know, you've already picked up the meeting format and I've only (laughs) told you about it. You haven't been to one. So you show up without your metric, you know, there's always the option of saying no update, which I do a lot because sometimes I don't get to certain metrics because they're a little bit more involved to dig up. Right. Um, Like our, utilization rate you know sometimes mm. it just takes me a little while and so i'll say no update and then i'll hang my head in shame and, <laughs> <move on. laughs> and everyone will say shame shame yes, in unison. yes yeah cool i like it they all sigh very heavily yeah like the uh <laughs> like the march in game of thrones that's what i'm visualizing yes. here <laughs> <laughs> they all throw their mouses at the at the, the computer monitor <laughs> love it Oh, okay. So I think we've got like a pretty good um, structure here. Like I like this idea um, because we, I guess with development, it's kind of hard. Like we don't really have any metrics because that's the the meetings I'm talking about that always seem to run over. It's the, uh, the development, weekly development meetings. And we pretty much only have that projects section, you know, like what are we working on right now? Like updates on them and, and, and that, but I can still see how we can relate, like start rolling these kind of things in, especially with the check-in, you know, because yeah. I like that, you know, just keeping it on time and then having someone being like, nope, you're done. <laughs> yeah, talking and now. that's it. You're not, I'm not being rude. You got, you got 45 seconds. And if I'm doing this, you know, yeah. you know, it's that kind of thing. But I think even in, so outside of Holacracy, one thing I think that was most attractive to us about these meetings that we stumbled on is that there is this sense of you're going in knowing what you're looking for. 
you know the purpose of the meeting and you know how to dig up the bits and pieces that are relevant to the purpose. And at the end you come up with action items, Mm. right? So that's kind of the, that's kind of the general flow that you don't need holacracy to adopt that, right? As long as you're just cognizant of one time, two, what's the purpose? Three, you got to put some boundaries around Mm -hmm. what you're talking about and how long you let that go. Cause that's, that's where things tend to, to unravel a bit, especially in large groups of people. Yeah. So how do you put put those like things in place? Like, especially with like projects, for example, you know, they can be quite open-ended. Sometimes they'll be big. Sometimes they'll be small. How do you stop those unraveling into just like an hour on one little project? (laughs) Well, that's why you have a facilitator uh, in our end, at least, or someone who is responsible for saying, look, this is great stuff, but it doesn't belong here take it outside the meeting and bring it back as an update, right? So even just having one person who is responsible for keeping things moving Mm. and you don't have to say, shut up, this is dumb or shut up. I don't like what you're saying. It's, (laughs) you know what? Feel free to take this. We're being respectful of everybody's time. We only have X amount of time. That is not, we're now getting away from our objective of this project, which is to just get an update and find a next step. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to move on. So really it's, it's that, what are we doing? What's the action Everything else can happen in your own time. Yeah, nice. Okay. So do you ever have to have like, I guess there's sub-meetings happening in that case then. Like if there's say two people working on that project, like, and you're saying take this outside of the the meeting, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's like eight people in one meeting and then there's like three people that need to work on that thing. Are you just saying now go and have your own little meeting and do they have their own yeah. structure? Yeah. I mean, at that point, uh, I don't think that they would necessarily need their own structure. Um, mm. You would hope that the culture would permeate mm. into some sense of efficiency um, right. in that place. But at some point, uh, creativity does get limited by those, by those boundaries, right? So that's, the, that's where the autonomous, here are your accountabilities, do your job however you see fit to get the goal done. Mm. That's where that kicks in because on the other end of that, what happens is if they don't do it correctly, when you go back to the project, you hear no update. And then you say, <laughs> well, why is there no update? And they say, well, you know, we yammered for an hour and a half and we didn't actually get anything done. And so, okay, now we have another problem. And so it, it all comes back to surface. Um, if you follow yeah. kind of the tenets of, I'll let you do your work if we can talk about everything else in a more efficient way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I really like that idea of just saying, okay, this doesn't belong in this meeting, you know, to take you three or you two have gone have a meeting about this. Cause I think that's when I really check out of meetings is when there's something being discussed that I just have no input. Like I just, I'm not involved in, you know, so I just right, don't really re- care. Loses relevance to your job and your role and your accountabilities. You're like, yeah, yeah whatever. I'm fine yeah. Yeah. And, and I just sit there and I'm just like super bored and I'll probably like start looking at something else, looking at my phone, scrolling through Instagram or something, you know? And I'm like, I, as like the founder of this business, I probably shouldn't be doing that, but it's just like, I get so bored. I just look for something to do. And so that's, I like that just being like, okay, this isn't something I need, you know, so like, take this offline. How long are your meetings usually then? An hour. I'm hearing, Okay. Yeah. Like we, but like, you know, every time we start, like we think it's going to be like a short one and next minute it's an hour again, you know? And right. so, five minutes, five minutes. All I need is five minutes. That's, yeah. that's like the infamous meeting. Any five minutes. Can we do a yeah. call? Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's never going to go for five minutes. 
Yeah, I'm, so I, I, there's definitely a few ways we can apply this. I, there's, I'm, I'm going to go later and, and sort of map something out and talk to my business partner and see if we can <laughs> to, to tighten this up a little bit. Well, one added benefit you might find, and one thing that we really liked about it, um, and it also goes back to how people spend their own time outside of these meetings, is that if there is a known point where if I have a problem, I know where to bring it, and I know that it's going to be every Tuesday, I can talk about this thing or a thing mm. that's bothering me and get the team to talk about it and fix it or whatever, that gives people a great sense of comfort. Mm. So you don't have a lot of reason for, um, you know, kind of those hidden anxieties that creep into meetings. So mm. when you say something and I'm like, God, there goes James again. I wish he'd shut up. <laughs> you know, you don't get a lot of that, that just kind of that animosity. Then you have a good idea and they're like, oh, I think it's terrible, but only because James said it. You know, <laughs> you don't, you don't get a lot of that. It gives people a way to feel like they are included in all the decisions that are made or in that the work that's happening. Nobody feels like they're put out in a silo. You know, everybody has a space to bring something up, even if they're not the type of person who's usually like, Hey, let's, let's talk about this thing. I have this problem. When can we discuss it? You know? Mm. So it's an open forum and it's a level playing field. Yeah. So I assume these are at uh, same time every week kind of deal. Yes. We have standing meetings. Cool. So yeah. what does standing meetings mean? Uh, it's standing on the calendar. It's, it's oh. set times that, gotcha. that repeat. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay, so, cool. And they're different depending on the type of group. Like well, our dev team will meet for a really short time every morning because right. it's just kind of faster iterations. Yeah, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. that was another thing I was going to ask. It's like, what if you have something, you know, it's, the meetings are on Monday or something, and then on Tuesday you've got like this thing that you want to bring up that's like going to impact your work for the rest of the week and you've got to wait till the next Monday. Like, what do you do then? Well, the cadence for um, each team's meetings are set by those kinds of problems. Right. So you can, you can have one out of standing, you know, if you want to, you know, put in one just somewhere, Hey, we need to have a team meeting. That's fine. Uh, but usually the cadence of the meetings is set by a regular interval or a regular idea of how long that, that what, what's that window, right. For this particular set of work. So for mm. support, it's a little different than dev, but we had at one point, we had gone down to one or two meetings a week for client work. And we found that that just kind of wasn't quite enough, but five was too much. So, you know, they ended up spacing it out three. And so, it, right. you know, and you can take care of some things in between via Slack or whatever you need to, yeah, but, of course. you know, yeah. it's, it's very responsive to the humans in the business model. So you're kind of feeding both at the same time. Yeah. Nice. I've got a pretty good picture. I think I hope listeners do too, of like how to run, run these effective meetings. And of course we'll have some notes on holacracy for you to go and check out um, at agencyhighway.com slash 107. Kimberly, is there anything else you think you'd like to add uh, on running meetings for listeners? Oh my goodness. You're going to keep me to one thing, James, my word. Oh no, you can, we can. <laughs> no. I didn't say one thing. I said anything no, no, else. No, it could kidding. be eight things. I don't <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, um, I would say action items are just so important and repeating back what you, what you hear, you know, setting those boundaries is very important on what belongs in the meeting uh, and what can happen outside of it. It's not a punishment. It's not a punitive system by any mm. means, you know, it should just be, Hey, this is, respecting everybody's time. This is moving the ball forward when, you know, 1% at least every time that we, that we meet, um, it shouldn't be punitive to ask people to, to take it to a different place. And then I'm um, just action items. I've have been the biggest 
the biggest boon for us in productivity yeah. to actually use that word. I, what I hear you saying is what I hear you asking is what are my action items? I'm telling you what my action items are. I'm asking you, what are your action items? There's no, um, a lot of people get embarrassed, right? Mm. Because then you're like, Oh, I'm asking you for accountability. You're asking me for accountability. It's not my job. What's your job. And there's this like weird dance that happens. So whenever you take and pair everything down to what have we done? What are we doing next? And what part do I play in that? And what part do you play in that? Then it's not personal. Mm. We're getting our work done and the rest is all fun. Yeah. Love it. So one thing I just didn't ask is those action items. Does, does that get rolled back into the checklist for the next meeting at the start no, of the next meeting? No, usually those don't. That's an individual role that has to take care of it. So yeah, right. um, it's, it may result from a checklist item that doesn't get checked or something like that, but usually it goes back to the person. So then again, you're not micromanaging. Mm. You're just making sure that all of the issues that are blocking people from successfully completing whatever their yeah. job is to do that, you know, you're removing it for them. Yeah. So you're, you're relying on like, well, you're trusting that person to go, okay, I, I will get those action items done. You don't actually check in on them. Yeah. Because if not, it's going to create another tension somewhere down the line because yeah. that will affect someone else's job. Nice. So again, everything bubbles up to the surface. I love that. Awesome. Well, Kimberly, that's been very helpful for me. I hope it's been helpful for listeners as well. Um, I'm kind of like shutting down a little bit because I'm like, my brain's like trying to work out meetings. I'm like, nope, keep it to the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to work out how to run our meetings. Um, but I could you let listeners know a little bit about like where they can go to find out more about you and, and your company? Uh, Valet.io. It's our website. Uh, we have our list of services right there on the on the home page. Uh, we are on Twitter at the WP Valet, uh, LinkedIn Valet.io, Facebook is in a very a very popular place for our type of corporate clients. So yeah. we don't have a huge presence there, but those are all great places to find us. And you can always write in to hello at Valet.io if you have any questions or want to talk to us. That sounds awesome. Um, and of course, all of that will be linked up in the show notes at agencyhighway.com slash 107. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this epic team meeting knowledge. <laughs> thank you, James. <laughs> I'm glad to share it. It's got to go somewhere after all this time. A lot yeah, of hard lessons learned. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And, you know, and I think team meetings are just one of those areas that most businesses need to improve on uh, and it's it's hard to know where to start so i think this is this is really good this is going to be really good for us so thank i hope you. it helps somebody yeah Absolutely. a little bit of it <laughs> guys if you have enjoyed this episode please head over to itunes and leave a review or share it with another agency owner you think will benefit from understanding team meetings a bit better that's it and i'll see you in the next episode discover how to grow your agency earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.